the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tired of the negative news and flash over substance? It's time for Today with Dr. Wendy. Dr. Wendy Patrick is a trial attorney, patriot, and PhD with a passion for people and a penchant for politics. Dr. Wendy brings you the headlines, streamlined news you can use. It's time to be informed, engaged, and entertained. Now, here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick and my co-host Larry Dersham and I have a great show for you tonight. It's almost one of those weeks where there's so much news to cover. You almost can't decide what to talk about and what to maybe say for next week. Um, If there's even a way to predict that the news cycle won't have plenty of news stories by next week. So with that in mind and with sort of that theme in mind, I'm going to start with a story that has dominated the news cycle for several weeks, and that is the disappearance and now, as we know, homicide of Gabby. Gabby and Brian Laundrie, the road-tripping couple that uh, sadly uh, both left together, and of course we know that only Brian came back. Well, some new developments this week. This week began with finding Gabby's body, and Gabby Petito's body was found Uh, in Wyoming. And that may have been where the murder occurred. And of course, that's one of the things we always want to wait for is what did the homicide record say? What did the autopsy say? But one of the other things, uh, talk about new developments in a case like this, you know, one of the charges um, that have already been levied against Brian includes an authorized use of a credit card. Now, people might think, wait a minute, why haven't they charged him with murder? Well, let's just back up a minute. My uh, co-host, Larry Dersham, and I are going to break this down. The first thing we do when there is a missing person is we hope we locate the body. Even if we're fairly certain, um, very suspicious, it's very likely it was a, a homicide, we have to wait for the manner of death. Manner of death, cause of death, two different things. So, for example, the manner of death, if somebody is found deceased, And this is just, it's one of the five categories that you're going to list on a death certificate. It's either homicide, suicide, it's natural, it's accidental, or it is undetermined. And as you might imagine, for a murder prosecution, you need a homicide. So the very first thing that this week began with, uh, at the very beginning of the week, was Gabby's body being found in Wyoming and being classified as a homicide. Now, being classified as a homicide doesn't tell you the cause of death. That's why we wait for autopsy results. But, you know, Larry, one of the very early things we were talking about earlier this week, um, regardless of you know waiting for the specific autopsy results, which, of course, will tell us much more, is a homicide is something that obviously can be prosecuted criminally. But it also gives us sort of the beginning of a timeline uh, that will really help circumstantially as we work backwards and try to figure everything else out, right? I mean, and isn't that also sort of what the charge of unauthorized use of a credit card, doesn't that also sort of help us with this timeline when it comes to Brian Laundrie and the trouble he could be in? 
I think totally. He was, They went missing, or she went missing, I believe, in late August. And then all of a sudden he shows up, as I understand it, at his parents' home. And I believe he was driving her, her van. It was kind of a converted van. They were doing a road trip from New York right. over to the West Coast. And uh, the fact that she's not there, he shows up at his parents' house without her, and he uses her credit or debit card uh, after he's back in Florida kind of raises a lot of suspicions. And of course, he was named a person of interest. Yeah. And you know, Larry, um, many people have asked me, person of interest, you know, why don't they just call him a suspect? Obviously, they want to move. They want to make sure they do everything by the book. They don't rush to judgment. However, they also would acknowledge if they were asked, there aren't any other persons of interest. Um, Near the end of the week, we heard a lot of news reports about the search that was going on in this just marshland in Florida. I mean, they were using dogs, drones, and divers to go through every inch of thousands of acres of swampland. You know, what do they expect to find there? Now, we know why they were there, because Brian's parents said that's where Brian said he was going. But what can we expect to find of evidentiary value? I mean, just in general, you don't need to forensic specialist to think through what might you find if you have someone like Brian, who is a camper, in an area this vast? He apparently left his home without a phone, without his wallet, and his parents are very concerned that he might have hurt himself. And that is a scenario, unfortunately, that happens more often than we would like, where it's called, I believe, uh, at least in layman's terms, a murder-suicide. Now, I hope that's not the case. He's only a person of interest. I hope he, we can clear his name and he shows up. But uh, yeah, what we might find, uh, very hard uh, if he's out there in that area, that they're actually using boats to try to find him. And it's not easy to see uh, into the water. They're using, I understand, divers, right, Wendy? You know what, Larry? Yeah, they were using divers. And I I have not been able to even wrap my mind around what, the, the complexity of the type of search they're doing. You know, lots of different stations have had some of these divers on the news explaining what they're doing. And this isn't like scuba diving in the Bahamas. I mean, they, they, they describe the water as black paint that you can't oh. see your hand in front of your face. They describe it as filthy, as dangerous, as poisonous, as toxic. Obviously they have, you know, all the, the, the gear, but I hope they pay those, those men and women very handsomely to engage in this kind of a search. What's interesting about the fact that they were a, really expending so much manpower in that swampy area is, can you imagine, and this is the speculation on the other side, if what if all that did is give Brian a couple of days lead time to escape in the other direction? Now, if he doesn't have a phone and a wallet, you might think he's gonna have to be some kind of survivalist to not be seen, not be heard. You know, Larry, regardless of how this turns out uh, before this is converted, no doubt, into a murder investigation, one thing that's really characterized the investigation thus far is the fact that it's been a collaboration between police and the public. Everybody is looking for Gabby. Now, I only hope that everybody is looking for every missing person. There is, all lives are precious and our hearts and prayers are with every missing person and their families. But the fact that there's been so much sensational coverage around the Gabby uh, Petito case probably explains, don't you think, at least to some extent, why we have so much information, why so many social media influencers, just like Gabby and Brian were, 
um, who basically were living their lives on camera and showing themselves and posting and tweeting and sharing, you know, the fact that they memorialized, showcased and shared as much as they did is part of the reason we have as many tips as we do about their whereabouts, including the domestic disputes. Isn't that right? Right. In this day and age, how is how can you actually hide with all the social media posts? In fact, they used to put up like wanted posters and they would show the picture of the uh, potential person they wanted to arrest. But with the media, I mean, I've seen his picture all over the place on Facebook, on Twitter, on all the news sources of all the pictures they took. So I think pretty much a lot of people in America know what this gentleman looks like if he shows up in a different county or state. Yet the search continued throughout the week. Interesting. We're going to switch gears in a minute, but um, you know, let's search like this for everybody that goes missing. I think that's a sentiment that is very broadly shared uh, by everybody right now. And in fact, the the all of the coverage surrounding Gabby Petito has really motivated many news stations and others to sort of warm up cold cases from other jurisdictions where other people have gone missing and the trail has gone cold because everybody wants, you know, especially if it's your loved one involved, um, everybody to be the eyes and ears of the community in the same way they were for Gabby. So, um, you know, silver lining, we always try to find a why you're the cloud on the silver lining, I guess, for on this show, but always trying to find, you know, some sort of inspirational, hopeful uh, par- portion of every tragedy we have to report on. Um, but we're going to talk about, I guess, another sort of, set of um, uh, political tragedy, I suppose you would say, where sadly, sometimes politics can turn deadly as well, Larry, can't it? Right. I wanted to bring this uh, topic up and I'm calling this, it's kind of a commentary, but it's really not, I don't think that controversial. I'm calling it Occupy DC for the District of Columbia. And just last week, one week ago today, today's Saturday. So last week on September 18th, they held a rally in Washington, D.C. called Justice for J6. And that really stands for justice for the people that were arrested on the after the Trump rally when they had that fracas in the uh, White House or not the White House, excuse me, the, the Capitol building. And there were 608 people that were really arrested on that day. Now, the troubling thing about that, Wendy, is some of those people still languish in jail today. And uh, the beautiful thing about this rally, a lot of people said you shouldn't go to this rally. Or you don't want to do this. But they opened the rally in prayer. They said the Pledge of Allegiance. They uh, sang the national anthem. They gave their speeches, and then they thanked the police. And they say, thank you for all this protection. They said, on your way out of here, be sure to thank the police that are protecting us. It was such a positive uh, movement, I think. And I really think that some people are saying, could this be a template uh a recipe for an Occupy DC movement, just like they had the Occupy Wall Street, which is, I'm not sure it was all that peaceful, but the Occupy DC movement where we would literally be out there calling for justice. And that's what they're doing. They're not saying, I'm not for Trump. I'm not for Biden. We just want a speedy trial like the Sixth Amendment of the Constitution guarantees a right to a speedy trial. And these people, like I said, have been languishing, some in solitary confinement. And they haven't been charged. 
one of the things that um, we've seen uh, post-January 6th is that these people actually have been brought to justice. And if you remember the first couple of weeks, everybody thought they got away with it. They didn't. And we are going to, we being America, uh, law enforcement is going to make sure that the right people are charged, hopefully, and that justice is done. And uh, I think that's what we're seeing a little bit about. Um, Don't touch that dial, folks. We need to take a very short break. But stick around for the next segment. We are going to meet a doctor with both a medical degree and a law degree. Talk about dangerous, double trouble. Um, Who knows a little bit about COVID-19 and the vaccines. You do not want to miss this. We'll be back in a flash. You're listening to Today with Dr. Wendy. News cycle lowlights have no place here. You're listening to the headline highlights on Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. It's time for more news you can use. The headlines streamline. It's time for more Today with Dr. Wendy. Now here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Welcome back to Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick. Well, uh, as much as we divert our attention from COVID-related news, back we come. Because there's always something in the news every day to talk about. And wouldn't you know it, we are blessed to have another COVID expert on the line today. Larry, who do we have joining us? Uh, Yes, Wendy. We have Dr. Marilyn Singleton. She's a native of Southeast San Diego, and she went from there to Stanford University, despite being told they don't take Negroes at Stanford, if you can believe that, Stanford, oh my goodness. And she went on to the UCSF Medical School, where she earned her medical degree. After completing her surgery residency, she had a anesthesia residency at Harvard's Beth Israel Hospital, and she became an assistant professor in anesthesiology and critical care medicine at John Hopkins. What credentials? Upon returning to California, she worked at Cedars-Sinai in Los Angeles, and then she returned to Oakland and worked at the hospitals called Alta Bates Hospital and decided, well, I, I think I'll just go to law school. So she went to one of the best law schools in California, Bolt Hall at UC Berkeley, and she's both a medical doctor and a lawyer. So welcome to the show. Oh, and her tagline on her website, American Black Doctor Uncensored. I think that's beautiful. So welcome to the show, uh, Dr. Marilyn. I am so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. I, I feel like, is that me you were talking about? <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> well, you know, Marilyn, one of the most interesting things that I always ask uh, our guests or anybody that has all of these degrees is, Being both a doctor and a lawyer, I mean, how do you decide in which field you want to practice? Or can you do both? Well, medicine has always been my life, and I never really stopped doing some medicine. And law became something I felt I needed to do when the Clinton Health Plan came out. And I really wanted to understand the law, understand the Constitution, understand how the administrative bureaucracy works. Sadly, I do understand it, and it sickens me, but (laughs) (laughs) moving on. Well, uh, you know, Dr. Uh, Marilyn, uh, often when people are tested for COVID-19 and are found to be positive, 
they are told to go home and self-isolate for 10 days. I think it used to be 14 days. Now I think they're telling them 10 days and call the doctor if the symptoms get worse. Do you recommend this approach? And what about early treatment options such as ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine? Do they work? Well, okay. First, for the first part of the question, staying home, yes, you shouldn't get in contact with other people and spread the disease, but you shouldn't not call the doctor until you turn blue. Never in all my medical years have I seen people say, well, just sit tight when you know what can happen with the disease, that you should definitely start treating early and certainly before you get COVID. One of the things that I feel that's been missing from the conversation is telling people about vitamin D. There's plenty of studies now that show that taking vitamin D and having normal levels decreases your chance of being hospitalized with COVID by 56%. So people need to get out in the sun, get some fresh air, get their vitamin D. They need to take some zinc and something called quercetin that helps drive the zinc to cells. The reason this is important is zinc helps stop viral replication. And these things have to be done early because after the virus starts multiplying on itself, there's trillions literally of them and then that's when they start to overwhelm the body and all these things aren't gonna work. So with any treatment, you know, you start early. Speaking of treatment and starting early, you know, the news cycle nowadays is dominated by uh, COVID vaccine breakthrough cases. And there's been a lot of confusion surrounding the efficacy of the vaccines um, in preventing somebody from contracting it. I think there's been more consensus in the reality that, you know, if you have been vaccinated and you contract it, you're less likely to have complications, go to the hospital and die. But is there, what is the relationship between being vaccinated and, and being um, unable to contract the virus to begin with, regardless of how sick you get? Can you still catch it? Well, well yes. And that's the unfortunate part that we traditionally think, and the traditional definition of a vaccine that actually immunizes you against getting the disease in the first place, like right at the start, you know, that germ comes to get you and you stop it in its tracks. This is not a vaccine in that traditional sense. It might decrease the severity of the, di the disease, but it does not stop transmission. This is in contrast to like measles, mumps, whatever, some of these uh, other vaccines that we take. So this is something that's important for people to know. And yes, it's a wonderful thing that it can help decrease the severity, but don't let people be fooled into thinking that it stops transmission because then they get a Why is it different? Security. Why is it different, Marilyn? Everybody seems to want to know the why. Like, why doesn't it work like so many other vaccines we've all had in the past that does stop transmission? Well, one of the things is most of the past vaccines, not 100% of them, but most, take a what used the whole virus they kill it so it can't infect you and then inject that into your body so all your immune mechanisms see the entire virus and they tromp on it and make antibodies so they see every part of the virus even though it's dead 
with these messenger RNA vaccines, they're just giving you one part of the virus. Well, they're not even giving you that. They're giving you the mechanism to make an antibody only to the spike protein, and that's those little things that stick out around the virus, but it's not the whole thing. And that's one of the reasons people think that people who've had COVID before and have natural immunity have stronger natural immunity, and that's actually been shown in an Israeli study like 37 times stronger because that person who had the disease saw the entire virus so their antibody sees everything. So that's how they can be somewhat more immune even to the Delta variant and perhaps other variants. We don't know yet. Whereas the other is that alpha variant, very specific. So your body just doesn't know what to do with the different variants. And this is kind of a large question, I guess. Uh, what do you see currently as the risks and benefits of taking the current offerings of the vaccine, namely Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson? Uh, is there some risk involved in that, taking those? Well, each vaccine has its own side effects. Johnson & Johnson tended to have the blood clots as its side effect. The uh, Pfizer and Moderna tended to have more neurological issues and more deaths associated with the vaccine. But what we have to remember is that COVID risk was stratified, meaning children are at almost zero risk and people over 85 are at extreme risk. So you have to look at where you are in that continuum. You have to look at what your pre-existing conditions are. Obesity and diabetes are way up there as far as uh, your likelihood of actually getting sick should you be infected with the SARS virus, the virus that causes the disease of COVID. So that's what you have to look at, and that's why it's a discussion. It's not necessarily just a slam dunk because everyone does not have the same risk, thus everyone will not have the same benefit. So, Marilyn, you knew this one was coming. Masks. <laughs> you probably field more questions every day on masks than almost anything else. But we've talked vaccines and transmission. So naturally, we have to talk about masks. Um, in, instead of simply saying, do they work? I know there are different types of masks, different type of face coverings. There are plastic shields. There are N95s with exhaust valves. But which would you, as a doctor that knows a lot about COVID, recommend as being one of the, the safer facial coverings and why we hear about the size of the virus that it can go through some facial coverings. What say you regarding what's the best measure of protection that way? Okay, well, certainly, and I'll say what multiple studies have shown that the cloth masks that you see most people wearing do not provide protection. What they do help is if someone actively sneezes in your face or coughs in your face, yes, that's going to decrease the amount of viral load. You're going to get some, but maybe it's not as many as if they just gave you a, you know, a big honker right in the face. The masks that do protect are the N95. They're called 95 because it uh, filters out 95 
90% of what you're trying to filter out. And it's not just the size of the holes. And that's something that some people kind of don't think about. There's something called dielectric fibers that are in there. So there's sort of an ionic component to it. But the mask has to be worn tightly. And this is the problem of wearing a mask like that all day. Even in the operating room, we just wear, you know, pretty loose fitting surgical masks for the same reason. It, it keeps you from spitting on the patient when talking. And it keeps, if the patient has a blood splurt, that's not going to get on you. So they're kind of gross protection, but they're not micro protection. And N95s get very uncomfortable to wear all day, you know, when they're tight fitting. So you end up with people pulling on it, moving it, pulling it down under the nose so they can breathe better. And yes, those are some help, but see, People who uh, are wearing them all day certainly admit they don't wear them properly all day. Yeah, we have to leave it there. The show's over. But I have to tell you, this has been really valuable information. And I was going to make the joke that the other thing about those N95s is you can't get those creases off of your face for hours. It takes a long time to sort of recover. But listen, Marilyn, thank you so much for joining us. Um, And we want to thank you also to our listeners for joining us again on a Saturday night. Please have a wonderful, safe COVID-free weekend. Stay safe. Do what you need to do to protect yourself and your family. Patrick and Larry Dersham here every Saturday at 6 p.m. And we look forward to seeing you next weekend. Have a great week and God bless you. Thank you for joining us for Today with Dr. Wendy. You can learn more about Dr. Wendy and how to become a guest or sponsor of the show by visiting wendypatrickphd.com. That's wendypatrickphd.com. Tune in every week at this same time as Dr. Wendy will engage and inspire you with an upbeat viewpoint on the highlights of the day. This has been Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.